I suppose, that network base, which is a critical component for anyone, um, you know, wherever you are, whether you're, whether you're moving regionally or not. But in particular, one comment I'd make is that, that moving regionally certainly, you know, who you know is a very large part of any regional regional sort of community. Um, and it's been a, a significant element of, of um, what I've done here since I've moved up here is building that network and getting to know people and understanding where things are to, to be able to then you know, find myself that future opportunity, which I was fortunate enough to, to find. Renata Bernardi, and this is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I interview experts and professionals and discuss issues that are important for job hunters and those who are working to advance their careers. So make sure that you subscribe and follow, and let's dive right in. A year ago, I invited Alistair Freeman to be a guest on this podcast. I found out about Alistair on LinkedIn when he posted about his experience looking for work after being made redundant from a bank here in Australia. That post was so touching and so incredibly grateful, but also acknowledging the hardships and the difficulties that he had faced, but with a positive attitude and a silver lining. I reached out to him, invited him to share and expand on that experience of being made redundant. And during that conversation, I found out that not only he was changing sectors, but he was also moving away from the big smoke. So he and his family, they had packed their bags and moving from Melbourne, Australia to regional New South Wales, a lovely area of New South Wales, the Northern Shores. And I then made a mental note that I wanted to catch up with him um, a few months later. So a year later, we catch up again to discuss what he had learned from that move and any um, recommendations and advice looking back. What Would he do things differently? Would he uh, make things um, in a different way? And also looking forward and how is he adapting to his new life? How was his family adapting to his new life? I feel that COVID has made an impact on professional life and lifestyle and our opportunity and possibility to work remotely. And more and more people will be able to opt to leave expensive urban areas like Melbourne and move to more, not only affordable, but really enchanting lifestyles, like the one that Alistair and his family are experiencing. So without further ado, here is Alistair and I chatting about his life a year from moving away from Melbourne and moving into a regional town. I hope you enjoyed this chat. It was lovely to catch up with Alistair again. And I love where he lives. So I hope one day to be up there and having a coffee with him by the beach. Enjoy the chat. Bye for now. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you going? I'm good, Alistair. So nice to see you. Let's do this. Okay. I am very jealous of you. <laughs> I wish I had thought of moving away from Melbourne and going to tropical paradise a year ago like you did. 
Yeah, well, it's it's funny how it all works out, Renata. It's um, you know, it was a move we had planned for a fair while, and um, you know, it's just amazing the way things work out. You know, you sort of you plan for things, and yeah, we're just lucky that things fell the way they did. You know, it it, it just goes to show, I suppose, that when you plan, yeah, um, you end up with a good result, and yes. yeah, it's been no looking back, really. So this is the reason why I wanted to catch up with you again because. You last year we had a chat around this time last year. Yep. You wrote a, a LinkedIn post that was really it, it, it. You know, it was really a wonderful post. Uh, it was sent to me by a follower of this podcast, and he, and I read it and I said I need to interview Alistair. It was about your redundancy from NAB. Yep. yep. And sharing your experience and how you felt and how you dealt with it and being very generous with your sharing of the stories, but very positive as well. Yep. And then I, when we were talking um, for the interview, I found out that you were moving away from Melbourne. I didn't know that it wasn't on the post and I was really intrigued by that. So now COVID happened <laughs> and a lot of people have had that idea. So yep. you are, you know, the forefront, you're the, oh, you're opening up yeah. this um, discussion really in the podcast for many people that are following in your foot, footsteps. And we interviewed recently Liz Ritchie, who is the CEO of the Regional Australian Institute. Yep. And she's very busy. She's <laughs> very busy. Um, she's been interviewed everywhere. Everybody wants to talk to her because not only Australians haven't really had this opportunity to consider this very uh, much, but yes. also because we didn't have policies to support it. You know, we didn't have the infrastructure or jobs much. Yep. Yep. The opportunity to work remotely. Now we do. Correct. Do you, how, how was it to move uh, to regional New South Wales before COVID without yeah, so, all of that fanfare that we have now um, yeah. in the So news? it's been interesting, Renata. So, so I, we were fortunate. We moved, because I knew I was getting the redundancy. We actually, about, it was about two years ago now that we, I, we came up and looked at houses up here um, we decided a year prior that we wanted to move here because I knew the redundancy was coming. And, and, and so I was in a fortunate position compared to most people in that I knew what was coming for me just because I was in the program that was doing that piece of work. So we came up here about two years ago, found the property, and we then moved here in the January of, what would that have been, 2019? I think, yeah, 2019. And then I left the bank in September of 19. So I had nine months of working re- remotely while still with NAB. Um, so I actually experienced the remote working phenomenon, um, you know, a, a year ago, over a, well over a year ago. So I became quite familiar with what it looked like, how it operates, that type of thing um, in a large organisation. Um, it... The actual move, so, so the move for me was sort of sequential or multi, multi-step, multi if you like. That mm-hmm. first initial move was I still had the, the, the comfort of my 
network in Melbourne, my role in Melbourne, but I was just doing it remotely. So it enabled me to have that um, ease into the local community, if you like, to find my network, to, to sort of find my way through as to what future opportunities would look like and, and building that, I suppose, that network base, which is a critical component for anyone, um, you know, wherever you are, whether you're, whether you're moving regionally or not. But in particular, one comment I'd make is that, that moving regionally certainly, you know, who you know is a very large part of any regional regional sort of community. Um, and it's been a, a significant element of, of um, what I've done here since I've moved up here is building that network and getting to know people and understanding where things are to, to be able to then you know, find myself that future opportunity, which I was fortunate enough to, to find. And um, it's funny. I, I don't know if you had a chance to look at the email I sent you earlier this week, but the first question that I asked you was, how is your internet? <laughs> yes, I know, kind of ironic because it just crashed at the start of this. It just crashed as we started talking. It's, and it's that is the, awesome. That is a problem. So I was explaining to Liz, um, I don't know if it made it into the podcast. I said, Liz, I catch up with my friends in Melbourne and we've been doing this for years. And we sit at the a coffee, in, a coffee shop in Brighton or Elwood and we sit down and we discuss how we're going to move to the regions yep. one day. Like, you know, <laughs> those sort of hipsters, Melbournians that will one day move to the regions. But we need to be careful about where we go because of web. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's funny, though, because, uh, yeah, we're, we're in a, an, an estate here that's all sort of, um, yeah, a few, each property's got a few acres to it. But we're on MBN. Our internet's been great. The little blip this morning was one of the first times I can remember it ever sort of crashing on me. But uh, the actual, and this is the interesting bit for me about a lot of, about selecting a regional location, you know, you need to have your list of, you know, what are the, what are the items you need? So we wanted an airport to be able to get back to Melbourne. We wanted a hospital, naturally. We wanted a university for the kids, good schools, um, you know, good sort of infrastructure around things like the internet and the like. So there's all those things that you want to sort of tick off and, and yeah, we're fortunate. We're you know we're only um, fifteen minute drive out of Coffs, you know, say out of the main town, out of the main city. Uh-huh. Um, you know, but we we got state forest right behind us. You know, it's a beautiful, beautiful, and then five kilometres to the beach. So it really is a beautiful area that has all the infrastructure, but you're able to get away from it a little bit by only by driving sort of fifteen minutes away. Yeah. And that's a really important aspect for anyone looking to make the movies. What are your big ticket items that you must have in terms of, you know, I know my wife misses, she misses, I mean, COVID's obviously impacted this, but she misses theatre, you know, so being able to go to see theatre theater shows and the like, um, you know, and that's, that's a tri- one of the common. No, we all do. Melbournians yep. miss theatre yep. as well. Let yeah, me tell that's you. the other bit, isn't it? That COVID <laughs> has exacerbated that. Yes. And, um, in terms of um, where you are now, uh, which is the northern New South Wales uh, yep. region, this week, coincidentally, earlier on Monday, there was a Four Corners on ABC, which for people listening overseas is a 60-minute 
documentary. It's very, you know, well-researched about the region and showing people that have businesses in the region in real financial distress and really struggling to hold on to what has been a very prolonged crisis. You know, they yeah. thought was a few months and now it's going on and on and on. Um, how, how is the community coping um, yeah, around it's, you? It's, it's an interesting one. So there's certainly, you know, with such a heavy reliance on tourism in the area, there's, um, yeah, there's a, a significant, significant pressure on a lot of people. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, JobKeeper's been heavily uh, relied upon up here through, um, through COVID just because of the, of the, um, the impact on tourism. Um, yeah, we're seeing, and I work in a not-for-profit organisation now, and we are seeing an increase in demand for our service, and, and that's it. That's you know, it's it's a positive that we're able to provide that, but it's a negative that you know the community has to rely on us as significantly as they do, you know, and that's that's everything from domestic violence through to you know through the other other elements of support. So we are seeing you know pressure um, on people in the area, um, but also in saying that. We, you're also seeing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of positive attitudes. So business owners I know are finding other ways, um, you know, to to to, co to manage through the crisis and you know, and, and the you know, pivoting, if you want to use sort of modern, you know, uh, contemporary vernacular, sort of changing mm -hmm. their business structures to other elements and things like that to find a way through. Um, no different to urban settings, probably just um, uh, just. Yeah, looking at alternate ways of, of continuing to keep themselves going. And, and some people are doing well through it. And, you know, the nature of the beast is, thank, thank goodness for JobKeeper and um, whilst, we're in the, whilst we're in the position we're in. Yeah. Another um, um, data, piece of data that I wanted to cross-check with somebody on the ground is this idea from the regional Australian, not idea, this information from the regional Australian Institute that there are 40,000 professional jobs available in regional Australia. And, uh, and that's uh, uh, in addition to other jobs that are um, for, let's say, tradies, blue-collar work, and yep. that I think yep. the total is over 100,000. I can't remember exact, the exact number. Have you, do you see those jobs advertised? Do you, are you aware of them where yeah. you are? So it's an interesting one. So and this is where you've got, you know, regional Australia is so diverse, right? Um, as, I, as I say, the industry, you know, this area is, is a very high services and tourism area. Um, you know, if you talk about professional work up, up, up around this part of the world, a lot of professional work in aged care, in healthcare, um, in your not-for-profit type um, organisations. So a lot of that type of, of um, professional work, but certainly uh, the demand for... Um, those sorts of roles is, is significant up here. Um, you know, and then if you move inland to sort of your New England area, you'll have a different sort of demographic of, of, um, of work available for, for professionals and the like. But certainly, um, yeah, well, there's, there's plenty of roles being advertised. Like, you know, you sort of get things pop up from LinkedIn and Seek all the time for, for roles up around here. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's, no, there's certainly, as I say, regional Australia is very diverse. Uh, you know, it's it's... Yeah, I think for me, anyone considering a move to regional, an element of it needs to be, well, where do I want to go first off and then build off that, you know, but it's actually that first step is actually, as I say, 
as I said earlier, you know, picking the rocks in your, you know, your must-haves in terms of what the move looks like and why a move to, you know, Byron or Coffs or um, inland to Tamworth, you know, what would be your key elements that you want and then, mm-hmm. you know, build from there. And Alistair, of the network that you're building around you, do you know of people that are working remotely? Yes, yeah. yes. So you've got quite a bit of quite a bit of, of that. Um, I have and- a, an interesting anecdote to share with you, um, and I'm not going to say who told me this. It is somebody who is now working remotely, and it's a job that can be very well done remotely. And he just found out that one of the colleagues that he works with very regularly was never based in Melbourne. <laughs> there you go. It's, look, it's, it's... The person was based in Byron Bay and has been there for over 10 years. <laughs> yeah. It can be done, Renata. It's amazing. It's, yeah, so it funny. really is. You know, it's not. And I think, again, moving to regional Australia, you, see, you start to see more of that. And mm. being in Melbourne or Sydney or any other capital, yeah, you're used to your network and you're used to all your colleagues being nearby. Um, and you don't give it a second thought as to where someone may be when you're speaking to them on the phone, etc. But you move to regional and all of a sudden you do encounter people who have been doing, for a decade, doing remote work and doing it quite well. Mm-hmm. And even up here when we had the wave one lockdown, you know, talking to people subsequent to that, it actually gave them an opportunity to connect with. So rather than talking to colleagues they would normally talk with, they were in some international organisations and they were connecting with people in Singapore about a problem rather than you know, the guy in the chair next door. So in some ways, this whole pandemic and the need, you know, the, the opportunity to alter our work actually gives us some positives in terms yes. of how we, who we connect with and how we connect. It's not just, you know, reaching over and, and tapping the person next to you on the shoulder. It actually enables you to widen your network to an extent mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I have seen people... Um, on my Facebook and Twitter, buying property without even seeing it, um, and getting you know getting all the permits to then go and see it after yep. buying it, because <laughs> you you can't get out of Melbourne, so it's really um, amazing to be doing that. But what you know, if you had to do it again, what yep. would your top? Uh, I mean, you've already given advice, right? But what would your first steps would be if you had to do it all again? Yeah. So it's, like uh, if you've made some mistakes, I'd like to know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's um, again, my, the circumstances were unique. So we had time, mm-hmm. you know, we knew yeah. it was coming. It wasn't thrust upon us. So that, that, and that circumstance will alter for everyone. And that then alters, you know, your process. But to me, what worked really well for us was certainly the planning aspect. So we planned well out. You know, we, we had made the decision a year earlier. Um, so we set about readying the place down there for sale. We'd been up, we, we'd been holidaying here for years. So we knew it was somewhere we always wanted to move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then going through the process of working out, well, we're up here because, you know, it's a, it's a fairly expansive region. You know, and we again we nutted down where exactly within the area we wanted to move to. Um, you know, and and knew within that pocket that's what we wanted to find a property within that pocket. Um, as I say, so we knew the area number one, knew the pocket that we wanted to buy in number two, um, number three, knew we had a timeline to set about planning towards that timeline. Then made the move up here, and again, very fortunate that I had the support from my um, peers at NAB 
to to make the move when I did and still work and be able to work remotely. Like that's something I'll be forever grateful for. Mm. Um, to then be able to make the move up here, um, have that time up here to build a network, to settle in, for the family to settle in and to then go about finding work. Um, so if I look at it all as a process, you know, we had items to tick off, you know, get the house ready, you know, work out where to go, which was we knew, work out where up here we wanted to move, which we knew, get the house ready, sell, buy, move, find yeah. a new job down the track. Um, in terms of mistakes made, I'd actually, I'd actually say I can't. I look back and I can't think of anything that that I would do differently if I went through it again. Um, again, if circumstances were different, you'd have to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if instead of having uh, over a year to prepare, courtesy of knowing the redundancy was coming, if I was told I was being made redundant and had three months, obviously that would alter significantly the timeline and then put a bit of different pressure on you in terms of yes. how you have to. How you, what your process has to look like. Mm-hmm. But each person's process will be different. Um, yeah. I think to me, having a plan and having a having a plan and process mapped out. Yeah. At least at the you know, and even if you build it quickly and have to sort of alter it along the way, at the very least, having that in some sort of shape gives mm-hmm. you a guide, and you can then start to refine it and build on it, expand on it as you yeah. get into it, and then. Um, you know, tweak it as you make mistakes or sort of need to alter whatever's going on. Were you at any point afraid you wouldn't get a job in the area you moved to? Yeah, I did get it. Yes, I was. So for a while there, I was talking to um, recruiters in Sydney and Brisbane about the potential of, uh, and this is pre-COVID, so it wasn't where working remotely would have been something on the, on the table at, at the mm-hmm. outset. So talking to them about the potential of any fly in, fly out work, if it was, if it came to that. Um, yeah, because I, I really, I, I knew the area, I, I'd built the network. Um, but I also was not wanting, I was wanting to do something. I, I was really wanting to hone my project and, and change skills and finding a work, work in that sort of space. And, and that's not what is, um, you know, the mainstay up here in yes. terms of the you have to be work. keen to adapt to the region that you have chosen. So you 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 have different priorities when you're Correct. moving, right? Yeah. So that's right. There is and no that, big bank for you to work. No, that's exactly no. right, Renata. Yeah. So, but I, but I wanted to. I, I was deliberate that I wanted to get into you know project the non-profit change type work. Yeah, and and a not for profit was something that I had also wanted to get into, um, mm. and I was it was just quite fortuitous that um, this role came up, and this role was actually originally going to be based in Armadale, which is sort of three hundred k inland, um, but they were open to me, and this is again the interesting bit about regional Australia, um, regional and especially regional New South Wales. Like our, our organisation, the our footprint would be maybe half the, half the size of Victoria in terms of our geography, maybe a bit less. You know, we're from the, the down at Taree, up here, the Coffs, inland to Inverell, Glen Innes, Moree. So we've got quite a large footprint. So head office was in Armadale. So they were quite open to having me based out of Coffs um, because we have such a wide footprint. So I was very fortunate 
uh, that the role came up when it did. Timing was right. And, you know, it was the sort of role I was really wanting to get into. So, and it's mm. been a terrific learning opportunity for me, completely new industry and, yeah, quite exciting. Good. Alistair, for those who may be keen to move to regional areas to um, have a uh, to live in a, with a smaller budget, is it possible or is it just a dream and you end up spending more because you're in a regional area anyway? Well, it, it's it's an interesting one. You know, you don't have so you don't have if you think about working in Melbourne, you don't have Mikey. You know, you don't have eTag. You don't have to pay for parking. You know, I go and park all day um, in the in the CB, CBD here uh, <laughs> for free. You know, there's yeah. sort of um, three floors of the car park area that's free if you for all day parking. Um, so you know, you've got all those little um, savings there. Obviously, wear and tear on the car. You're not travelling as far, um, yeah. so using less petrol, less wear and tear on the car. But then on the other side you don't have a DFO to go shopping, you know, so you're not getting the sales and that type of thing. Um, I would actually say it's a simpler way of being in, in, in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's just a more, yeah, it's just a simpler way mm. of, of, of living. Um, yeah. And also the wet, you know, environmentally, like we're, you know, being here on the mid North coast or North coast, you know, you've got, it's just naturally outdoor weather. So you're out and about doing stuff. You're not, so you're not in inside maybe, you know, getting takeaway or downloading videos or whatever it is because you're actually out and about because it's just such a, such a lovely part of the world to be, you know, with yeah. the surf one side of you and the and, you know, rainforest the other. Oh, it rub really, it in, Alistair. That's all I need. I should be careful with what I'm explaining to people, but it is... It really is. I mean, I'm, I'm not a spokesperson for the Coffs Coast, but it really yeah, is such a beautiful, beautiful part of the world, Renata, and it just lends itself to you being out and about and doing stuff and, and um, yeah. you know, naturally just, yeah, it just, so I would say budget-wise, it's, I would, I would, I don't do the finances, my wife does, but I would mm -hmm. say we're spending less, I would assume. Mm. And in terms of, you know, the, the social professional network, do you miss that? Um, I miss so the, the big bit the bits I do miss and this is I think something for anyone who's working remotely or in a smaller organization to what they're used to um, you do miss that you know that that sort of that collegiate um, connection where you're in where you're in a, you get when you're in a large organization um, you know I was just reflecting on it before this conversation you know like You'd be walking through um, Docklands and you'd see someone you hadn't seen for a couple of years and a quick bump in, a quick chat, and then be catching up for a coffee. And that sort of stuff is really, you know, it, it's, it's going to be hard when we get to whatever the new normal looks like, irrespective of regional Australia. Yes. That's actually something that we all have to grapple with as to how that's going to continue in the future. Yes. Particularly if offices aren't going back to 100% occupancy in the, you know, for the foreseeable future. I, I so, think even if you are in Melbourne, you're going to miss that. I think it's not going to... And I think that's the big yeah. part is you've got... It, it, we are in a changing... Yeah, a, a changing way of living. Um, and mm -hmm. it, the, what it does mean is you're very... Perp not purposeful, but no, you are. You're purposeful with your intent to connect. So maintaining connections with people. Having moved here... Maintaining connections with people has been very important for my wife and I, but also for our kids. You know, they've, 
as they've developed new social networks up here with you know social media and you know, internet and that type of thing they've been able to maintain their connections with their friends from melbourne so it's been a real it's it's you need to be purposeful about it and ensure mm -hmm. you keep it because yeah. it could so easily um drop away and yeah. it is something that is really important to keep so it's something that i've missed yes but it's also something that i've been deliberate about maintaining connection with people where i can and Alistair, have you received um, calls or inquiries from friends and family about how to move um, to regional areas? Are people so, interested to do what you've done or is it just me? It's, well, actually, it's been, it's, it hasn't been, no, been, there have been a few people who've seen what we've been, you know, you see it on Facebook and that type of thing and think, oh, that looks wonderful, it looks fantastic, but... It, the, the couple of comments I've had recently have been how um, how well, brave, I think, was one word used, or courageous to make a move like that. So a lot of people kind of see the, the connection to family, friends, um, you know, acquaintances in their network around them as being, and particularly where they've got kids at the age, you know, my kids are, yes. something very... Um, people are very reluctant to mm. to shift or break, and I get that. And yes. and there certainly was is is and was risk in moving with kids at the ages my our kids were at. Mm. Um, but thankfully they've they've settled in beautifully. You know, it, it's it's one of those things. I talk I've talked to other people where they've made the move such as this, and their kids haven't settled in well. Um, but yeah, so people who've talked to me about it have more framed it as they don't think they could. Um, mm. because of the you know, the connections that would be broken yes, in, doing, I get it. in doing so, which I get, I absolutely get as well. And, and, you know, and I know that, you know, well, we all do, we all miss family and especially family in Melbourne at the moment who are in lockdown, you know, it, it, we feel for them and, and friends as well. But it's it's been, um, it has been the hard, probably the hardest part of the move is, is that, loss of connection familiar connection with people and it's mm -hmm. whilst it's it is great fun meeting new people and, and building new networks um you know that familiarity is when you lose that familiarity that's it's it's a hole that needs to be filled oh but it will i'm, and, I'm yeah. saying this from experience i moved all the way across the world to be in australia <laughs> so, and that's the bit when people yeah. have been doing it for a long time haven't they and yes you, you know it's it's tough it's though it takes it takes yeah. about I'd say it takes about three years for you to feel completely at ease yep. at your new um, yeah. house and, and city and everything. And I've got to say one great thing about any move, where you've got children, people sort of look at it and say, oh, moving my kids, I don't want to break their, you know, their friend networks, etc." It's amazing how quickly friends make, kids make friends. And then, oh, that's an excuse. Kids get over it like yeah, totally. so quickly. And then from <laughs> them, you then meet, yeah, you, know, you meet the kids, the parents of the other of their friends, and yes. and the way you go, it actually the kids are an easier way. I've actually met people who've moved up here, yeah, you know, in retirement age, and they've actually found it harder because you know they don't have the kids as an in, if you like, to to mm. network. So mm. I remember it. when we we um, brought the kids to Australia. I came with my sister. My husband couldn't come with me. He still had work to do in Brazil. And we packed so much stuff for the kids for the flight to Australia because we were so worried. It's such a long flight. 
And we forgot that they are tiny. They were very comfortable in those economy chairs and yep. we were not comfortable <laughs> at all. And we didn't pack anything to make us comfortable, but yep. we packed a whole bunch of stuff that the kids did not use because they were fine with the little TVs they had. Yep. I'm like, okay, this is, this is, I'm just putting too much energy into making them happy when they are completely fine. And they want an adventure, you know. They, <laughs> it's, it's funny the way, yeah, we, we, we do put some of our own concerns onto our kids, you know. And, yes. and um, as I say, my two boys have settled in so, so well. It's, oh, been, it's been a real, and in some ways, you know, it's, it's enabled them to do extra. It's, it's opened up new things for them, which has been terrific, you know. Oh, so excellent. there's positive in everything. You know, you just got, you know, you, you keep at it and there's positive in everything. I think anyone making a move regionally will find gaps in, and you've got to be ready for those gaps and know that they will exist, you know, whether it be, you know, the fact that Uber Eats doesn't exist here or we don't have the, uh, you know, the, the, the breadth of restaurant to select from that you maybe have in Melbourne and that type of thing, you know. That's always my wife with theatre, you know, you don't quite, you know, and COVID's obviously, COVID aside, you don't have the variety. But that's just, it's a compromise, right? And it's, it's yeah. finding a way through those sorts of elements. Of course. Alistair, I'm so happy that we got to catch up again. And I think next time, hopefully, I'll be able to get out of Melbourne and we will have a coffee. That'd be Somewhere. great. Well, my, my next door neighbour is a coffee roaster, um, and he his coffee is absolutely fantastic. Oh, so, um, really? if you get, ever get a chance, we'll get up here and have a coffee. That'd be fantastic. We'll do. All right. Thanks so much again. Thanks, Renata. Thanks for your time. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed this chat with Alistair. And if this is the sort of content for you, don't forget to subscribe wherever you found us, and also. Um, sign up for the newsletter. There's a link in the episode show notes, or you can go to my website, renatabernardi.com. You will receive this podcast every week in your inbox, but together with some articles and other content that is of importance for job hunters and career enthusiasts. Bye for now. See you again next week.